Sit here. Good morning. All right, welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy and excited to see you all here today on this beautiful day that God has made. We have a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first, um, if anyone is able to stay after service for a short bit, we have a truck and trailer coming to load up the remaining items from the rummage sale that are going to go to Goodwill Monday morning. So if you have a couple minutes and, and you can spare your hands and feet, uh, we would very much appreciate that. Um, and then we have some other announcements. All right, the rummage sale, bake sale, and Culver's truck, what a big success. Um, as a thank you, they're hosting an ice cream social just for our church family after worship service next Sunday, August 30th, at the Pavilion. Yay. Yay. A, a reminder about Meet the Pastor, Small gatherings of 10 to 12 please, will be held under the pavilion at church. Please remember to bring your mask and a long chair. And then there's a list of available dates on, on your bulletin. Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. We are still collecting school supplies this year. Please bring them with you on Sundays. Blessing of the backpacks will take place during worship on August 30th. And we're also still collecting the caps. different caps for, for the benches. Um, the Village of Clinton is looking for crossing guards. They need one regular and some substitutes. Please remember Ruth Wolf. Again, her address is in your bulletin. And then the prayer concerns you'll do right when you. Yes. Okay. I may need to steal that from you, though, okay. because I don't think I have it on me. Okay. Although I might. I do. I'll I'm hand good. it over here. All right, anything else? Don't Once. forget, we're still collecting pop bottles as well. Pop bottles, caps, all that good stuff. We're, we're recycling. We're bringing new life to the world in new ways, just like God does with us. There, that's your spiritual little tidbit for the morning, aside from the rest of what we're doing. All right, if we are good to go, then let's start with our call to worship. Come into the presence of the Most High God with songs of praise and shouts of thanksgiving. For our Savior frees us from the slavery. Our, our Savior heals our diseases. Our Savior is our peace. You are a holy temple in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, let us worship God. And we'll start with hymn number 131, We Gather Together.
you'll join me in our opening prayer. O Trinity, fill our weakness with your strength. Bind up our brokenness with your unity. Calm our fears and our dread of dying with your peace. Let us be about the tasks of your love. Use us to build a holy place where healing and caring and joy blend in the tones of worship to the glory of your holy name. Amen. We're going to continue with hymn number 605, which is one that you might not be familiar with the words or have even seen that number before. Um, however, I think you'll recognize the tune.
All right, we now have a very special time in our service. I would like to invite forward some folks who are going to take their membership vows this morning. Yay! Wherever they are hiding, I know they're out there somewhere. See some movement. They parked in the back. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's up to you, whatever you're comfortable with. Well, you're going to come on up here. So, Tessa, if you can be over on this side. And actually, if you guys want to even hang out right there, I'm going to ask you to hold this so they can hear you. Okay. All right, you ready? They want you to use the mic so they can hear you. So, all right. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's almighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Tessa Morgan and Leslie Owens who come to us this morning for reception into our local congregation. Now, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you both, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, answer, I do. I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ is your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to all people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, answer, I do. I, I do. do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, answer, I will. I will. All right, congregation, this part's all with you guys. <laughs> Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, answer, we do. We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us all now join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Tessa and Leslie, as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? If so, answer, I will. I will. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ Establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Brothers and sisters, please, with a honk, a round of applause, whatever you've got, let's welcome our new members. And I need you guys to stay up here for one second because uh, we've got a couple things I have to admit that is one of the best parts of the work I get to do. All right. If you would all join with me now in our prayer for illumination. Holy Spirit, come and dwell in us. Place Jesus Christ in us so that he is the cornerstone holding us together and making us a sacred place where steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5 in the NRSV. Now as an elder myself and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the elders among you to, flock the God, to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you do it not for sordid gain, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will win the crown of glory that never fades away. In the same way, you are, who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you must clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble the word of God for the people of God, and you say, Thanks, Thanks be to, to God. God. Unless God builds the house, those who build labor in vain, God gives rest to the weary and sleep for his beloved. Let us present offerings of thanksgiving without fear or anxiety about anything, for God provides for us. We will now collect the offering. Sing along, you know the words. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God is.
Amen. I have not heard the country version of that until today. It's very nice. I have to admit, though, the first thing I thought I was listening to was Friends in Low Places by Randy Travis, which is a great song, but sends a very different message. Um, thank you for sharing that with us, Kim. If you would join me in the doxology. Almighty God, enthroned in eternity, crucified and risen Christ, dwelling in heaven and with your people, powerful Holy Spirit bringing life and truth, we thank you for calling us when we had no hope and for crowning us with salvation. We thank you for enriching our lives with all that is good and for providing for us in times of trial. Make us ever more mindful of the blessings you grant us each day. Deepen our trust in your love and mercy. Increase our thanksgiving by guiding our offerings to help others in need. Unite us all in a community of thanksgiving, always glorifying you, O Holy Trinity, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I invite you now to a time of prayer and ask for you to take a few moments of silent prayer. All right, if you would please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Uh, in addition to what we lift, we also want to lift up prayers for uh, Abigail Luann's granddaughter, who is in need of prayer as well as her family. Continued prayers for Todd Morgan for healing mercies. Uh, we are also lifting prayers for Nancy Martin for her ongoing medical issues. And of course, uh, prayers for those in mourning, Jody Williams, and her family uh, with the passing of Al. Um, please join with me in a continued attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this day lifting prayers, asking for your intervention in the health of so many in need. In addition to the names we have lifted, we lift all those who have been affected by this COVID virus, all those who are fighting illness and injury, those battling cancer and 
other medical issues, whether physical, emotional, or mental, God, we lift them all to you and ask for your healing touch. We also ask that you would continue to guide the hands and the efforts of all of our doctors, our nurses, our surgeons, our lab technicians, our research scientists, and all those involved in the healing process. Watch over them and guide them in their work as they work to help keep us healthy. God, we also lift up prayers for those who work so hard to keep us safe, including our military personnel, our firefighters, our police officers, our first responders, and so many others who work and serve to keep us safe in our daily lives. We ask that you would watch over them, keep them safe and strong, and for those who are far away, we ask that they might be able to return home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. God, we also lift up so many other people who we often maybe forget about in their work and what they do for us. We lift up those who are collecting our garbage and recycling. We lift up the essential workers in places like retail and food service that allow us to still have access to the things we need during this pandemic. I ask that you help us to have a patient and merciful heart whenever we are going about our business, interacting with these people, and help us to realize the great sacrifices that they themselves are making on our behalf. We also lift up our country and every country and nation in this world. In a time of political and social unrest, God, we ask for your peace that we might be able to look at one another despite the differences we see and still see a beloved child of God, that we might love one another the way you love us all. We ask that our leaders would be inspired to work together for the betterment of all humanity, not just a select few, and that your spirit of peace might envelop this world, that we might be a better reflection of your love to the world and inspire peace in all that we do. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Even our best intentions go awry when we are not at one with God's purpose. Our gracious God journeys with us and provides for us with unending mercy patience, and kindness, so that when we repent, we find ourselves forgiven. Let us confess our sins together. Eternal God, your steadfast love endures forever. We confess that we act as if we are in control, as if you will bless whatever we do. If we think of others at all, it is with an eye toward their usefulness to us. If we consider your creation, it is to ponder what benefits us. We have failed to show your love or to do justice in obedience to you. 
we have no right to be called your children. Have mercy on us. God of grace, Lord, have mercy. Forgive our sins, we humbly pray. Put the mind of Christ within us, O God, so that our lives take the form of a cross. Use us to break down walls of hostility within the church, among the nations, and around the world. Equip us to do your will, giving you glory, honor, and praise together with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please take another few moments for silent prayer and confession. Our Lord Jesus gives us rest and peace. Our master's touch heals us, and his shed blood is our salvation. Brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ our sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning is Romans 6, 3-11 in the NRSV. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was, rise, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is free from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he gives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Now is the time for our youth moment. If I can invite our youth and children to come forward. And remember, we are all children of God, so everyone is welcome to come forward. But if you want a sucker, you definitely have to come forward. Daddy needs it to talk.
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Cool. How you guys doing today? Wow. Okay. I try to be good. It's hard sometimes. So, have you guys, are you guys a member of anything? Okay, the member of the Mewtwo pack. All right. What about over there? Are you a member of something? What are you a member of? This church. Okay, what are you a member of? Okay. Okay. Are you guys members of a family? Yeah. Yeah? You guys have moms or dads or aunts or uncles, grandmas, grandpas, all those people? That's right. You do. Uh-huh. Okay. So I have a question. In your family, does your grandma or grandpa do all the same stuff your mom and dad does, or do they do different stuff sometimes? They do different stuff, right? And, and, you, might not, and you might not see them all as much as you see your mom and dad, maybe, or, your, or maybe you don't see your aunt and uncles as much as you see your grandma and grandpas, right? There's a lot of different people that make up a family. And that's how the church is. See, there's a lot of us as members in the church, but we're not always all here at the exact same time. Sometimes some of us are here on Sundays. Sometimes some of us are here on other days of the week helping with different ministries and stuff we do. We all have different stuff that we do, and we come at different times to do that work. But we're all still members of God's family. And that's one of the cool things about God's family is we don't always have to always be in the same place or do the same things, but we all can still be members of God's family. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Is that pretty cool? See, that means that anybody can be a member of God's family because God loves everybody. Yeah, how awesome is that? See, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are or where you live or what you look like or how tall or short you are, any of that stuff. God loves everybody. You think so? Yeah, you think so. Okay. All right, so here's what I need you guys to do for me this week, okay? I need you guys to find someone in your family, can be a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, aunt, uncle, a cousin, a brother, sister, whoever you pick, and give them a big hug and say, I am glad that you are a member of my family and a member of God's family. Okay. Can you guys do that this week for me? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, can we pray real quick together? Can you fold your hands and repeat after me? Yeah. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for bringing us into your family. Thank you for loving us. 
and for everything you do for us in our lives. Help us to go and be good members of your family to the whole world. Amen. You guys did an awesome job, and there's a basket of suckers right over here. It's very nice to meet you. I'm Pastor Michael. Did you get a sucker? Nice. That's my favorite. Those are the best. We'll go back by mommy for, for right now. All right. I'll get it later. It's okay. I promise. Go, go, go by your brother. I promise it's okay. All right. Our next hymn is number 606. Come, let us use the grace divine. And again, this one, the words might not be super familiar, but hopefully the tune will be one that you have heard before. Oh. 
Our next scripture reading is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. So then remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For, the, for through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Help us to see your presence burning in the hearts of others. Grant that we may be united in a fellowship of love and prayer. Give us the courage to pick up our cross and respond to the needs of the world. Give us the stamina to follow you, to be your hands and heart in the world. Enable us to witness to your grace and mercy. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All righty. Well, here we are in week number four of our sermon or our August sermon series titled Back to Basics Being the Church. Now, if you haven't been with us for the first three weeks of the series, I want to just quickly make note that this series is in absolutely no way whatsoever me trying to tell you that you don't know how to be the church or you're not being the church or you've forgotten how to be the church. Nothing like that. Instead, this five-week series 
is where we're looking at our faith, our traditions, our doctrines, all that stuff through the lens and the reality of our living in a time of a global pandemic that has turned our world upside down. Our churches, as well as many other organizations, are trying to navigate how we can still serve and connect with the people and the populations that we have committed ourselves to, while still also following the guidelines from our local and world health organizations. The first week we talked about Holy Communion and we were able to celebrate it together. And we will continue to do that on the first Sunday of every month. And I will invite you to BYOJ, Bring Your Own Jesus. The second week we talked about missions and the mission work of the church. Last week we talked about offerings and how everything that we do that reflects God's love and grace back to the world is an offering to God. And next week, we're going to talk about Christian education. Today, though, we're going to talk about baptism and membership in the church and look at what kinds of things we can do and not just stress about the ones that we are not able to do right now. Now, membership can sometimes be a sore topic or even a hot-button one for some congregations. How membership is defined has a great influence and impact on that. Now, some of you might be thinking, but pastor, membership is clearly defined in our denomination. If we look at the United Methodist Church's own website, it's laid out very straightforward. Here is a bit of an excerpt for you. Being a member means becoming as much a part of the church, the body of Christ, as our limbs are members of our own physical bodies. Just as our bodies are formed in the waters of the womb, so we become part of the body of Christ through the waters of baptism. The meaning of membership is also deeply rooted in our Methodist heritage. John Wesley was clear that Christianity is a social religion and that our growth in holiness of heart and life is deeply dependent on being in face-to-face -face community with others who are watching over us and we over them in love. It is through these face-to-face -face relationships that we experience what it means to be the body of Christ in the world. For United Methodists, membership requires our active participation in a local congregation. When we become members, we profess our faith in God, our desire to live as disciples of Jesus Christ, and commit to join with our church community to keep the vows made at baptism. The vows we make include promises to faithfully participate in the life and ministries of our local congregation through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So it's all crystal clear, right? Well, maybe. Why don't we dive in a little bit and see? Our reading from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, talks about the elders of the church tending to the flock of God and being examples to the flock. It sounds an awful lot like that part I read to you that's saying that John Wesley was clear that Christianity is a social religion and that our growth in holiness and heart and life is deeply dependent on being in face-to-face -face community with others who are watching over us and we over them in love. We'll come back to membership, though, in a moment. I want to take a quick look at baptism. Baptism is one of the two sacraments of our denomination, the other being Holy Communion. For United Methodists and many Christian denominations, baptism is a sign of new birth and new identity in Christ. 
Baptism is us becoming a new person through the grace and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is the beginning of our lifelong journey of faith, regardless of when we are baptized in our lives. It doesn't matter if we are baptized as a child, a youth, or an adult. We are all at our baptisms babes in Christ. And baptism is a requirement for membership in the local church. So it's also the beginning of that path and that journey as well. In our reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11, Paul talks about when we are baptized into Christ, we are also baptized into his death. And so just as Christ was raised from the dead, so too we are raised into a newness of life. Again, this mirrors the same idea of our doctrines, which makes a lot of sense since our doctrines are based in Scripture. So... Everything's making sense, connecting so far, hopefully. But let's go back to membership now. I read you that United Methodists, for us Methodists, membership requires our active participation in a local congregation, including the promises to faithfully participate in the life and the ministries of the local congregation through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our services, and our witness. But what does that really mean? Well, last week, we talked about how our offerings included our time, our talents, and our tithes. We also talked about how everything that we do that reflects the love and grace of God back to the world is an offering, including our prayers, our witnessing, and our mission work. But what does active participation mean? Well, I think, at least from my own experience, some people tend to think it means that you have to be at worship every single week, no excuses, and that you have to tithe exactly 10%, no exceptions. And for some of them, that is exactly where their active participation ends. Well, I'll be honest, that's not really how I understand it. I understand active participation as being active in every way that you feel called and are able. For some, that means constant prayer, for others, it might be through financial assistance. For others, still, it might be through helping with events and ministries. I guess it's fair to say that I have a rather broad definition of membership, and I know that a lot of that comes from my own life experience. The world is not the way it was 50, 40, 10, even five years ago. In a lot of families now, both parents are working, or single parents or caregivers are working, and a lot of times it's more than one job just to get by. And most of those aren't Monday through Friday, nine to five kinds of jobs. A lot of those include nights, weekends, holidays, little to no vacation. And one of the things I really struggle with when people try to confine active participation and membership to Sunday mornings is for me, it begs the question, what's going on the rest of the week? Hold on one second. Let me go back a second here. So one of the things I struggle with, like I said, is when people try to confine that active participation and membership to Sunday mornings, it makes me question what's going on the rest of the week for them. Are they only active on Sunday mornings? Once we leave our worship time, are we putting our prayers and everything up on a shelf somewhere until next Sunday? I sure hope not. 
Just like we can give offerings to God at any time and place, so too is our participation in the body of Christ. The church isn't a country club with a membership fee. The church is not a building. It is the body of Christ, and it is everywhere in the world. One of the most powerful sections of our scripture reading for this morning for me is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16, where it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace in his flesh. He has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. And I'll be honest, I think those words get forgotten about a lot, not just in the church, but in the world. We, we spend so much time, not just in the church, but in so many other places in life, trying to divide ourselves from one another, when Christ is trying to pull us all back together. He has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. Instead of worrying about ways to exclude people from membership, shouldn't we be focusing on ways to bring people into it? Shouldn't we be working to find ways to invite people in, include them in the work of the body of Christ? Verse 21 and 22 sure sound like it to me. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. So we've talked about membership and baptism, not at, at great length, but some general oversights. How do these two things work right now in a time of global pandemic that requires physical distance for our safety? Well, not to sound like a broken record, but I think we've covered a lot of this when we talked about our missions and offerings the last two weeks. There are a lot of ways to claim active participation right now, even if it's not physically all in the same space or the same time. I'd like to share with you a story, this is a real life story, from a colleague of mine from a few months ago, a colleague in our Michigan conference. Their church, just like many others, moved to online worship when this pandemic broke. They also moved their new membership classes and their Bible studies to an online platform, just like many other churches did. And after a short time, they were contacted by a family this family had found their online worship service on Facebook just by chance one morning. And they'd been attending it regularly. And after some time, they decided that they wanted to join the new members class and begin the membership process. They had not only been attending worship online, but they had actually been sending monetary offerings. They were praying for the church. They were being involved in every way they could find through this social distancing. Now, that doesn't sound so unusual so far, right? Well, it turns out that that family is located on the west coast of this country, not just in a different city than the church, 
not just in a different county or even state. They are in a different time zone. But they wanted to become members. They felt that calling just being involved from a distance through the worship service and the Bible studies and the other things that church was doing. So they joined the new members class and they have begun going through the process of becoming members of that church. But pastor, some of you might be thinking, how can they possibly be members of a church they have never stepped foot in? Well, that again goes back to how we define things like church and membership. Remember, the church is not the building, but the body of Christ. And membership requires active participation. But with the technology that we have access to now in many places in the world, we can participate in a lot of things from a physical distance. And I guess that if someone were to challenge their lack of physical presence, I would push back asking how that is much different than someone who is homebound but we still consider to be a member of our church. Just because someone is not physically able to be in person at worship on Sunday morning doesn't mean we drop them off the membership rolls. We should be celebrating and ecstatic anytime someone wants to join in the ministry work that God calls us to, regardless of their location. Our world is so much more connected than it has ever been in the history of humanity in terms of communication and information sharing. Those tools help connect us to one another, especially during a time in need of social distancing. Now I want to say that so far in my journey here with all of you, I have never felt any kind of exclusionary attitude towards people wanting to know more about becoming members in our church or anything in that realm. One second. I have never at any point felt like you were putting up walls or trying to prevent people from joining in the stuff that we do. And I think that that is reflected in a lot of ways, including today where here this morning we celebrated two people taking their mem membership vows with us. So keep up the good work, each and every one of you. I can also tell you that my family has felt so welcomed here and we are so blessed to be here with all of you, even in this time of pandemic when everything feels like it's turned upside down. We are thankful and grateful to be here with all of you right now. In a world that is so big physically, but it is so small in terms of how connected we are, we cannot limit our understanding and our definition of membership. Not now and not ever. I want to thank you all for your efforts, whether intentional or just being the people that God has made you to be. But thank you all the same for being that welcoming and loving presence in this community and in this world. Together as the body of Christ, nothing is impossible. And we have been called to go and make disciples. I pray that we can continue that good work. And I look forward to that journey each and every day with each and every one of you. Amen. Our closing song is number 545, The Church's One Foundation.
God grant you peace in your sleeping and waking. Christ fill you with joy in your working and playing. The Holy Spirit drive you with passion in your love for God. Seek out your neighbor in love. If it is within your power, be reconciled to your enemies. Hunger and thirst for the rule of Christ Jesus and let him dwell in your minds and your hearts. Go in peace. Amen.